good morning. And uh, for those of you who it's still the morning, uh, like John, who is in BC, it is, what, 9 o'clock in the morning right now for you. And uh, an amazing morning to all of you. And welcome to the Freedom Coffee live stream where we all celebrate the freedoms that we have and that we fought for uh, in the past couple of years. And we pushed back against the government effectively. And we share ide- our ideas here how to expand those freedoms in the future. And it starts by one simple thing. Well, there's really two steps. One step is you got to have a cup of coffee or tea or something that's going to relax you and put, help put you into a positive state. And the second step is to focus on gratitude, all the good things in our lives, uh, the things that we're happy about, the things that bring us joy, and appreciate that no matter how difficult life gets, it could always be worse and we're blessed by what we have. And you pair that with a cup of freedom coffee, nothing's going to stop us. So good morning to uh, all of you. Uh, Jesse, sending a prayer for Israel. We're going to talk a little bit about that in uh, in this. Um, But first, if you could, please like, share, and subscribe, whether it's Rumble, Locals, YouTube. Oh, and I'm I'm monetized on YouTube for the first time ever, including uh, Super Chats. And I'm interested to see how long do you think that is going to last? I'm giving it maybe, I don't know. A week? <laughs> a week till they demonetize me? Or something like that. But anyways, and whoever is uh, watching on, if anybody is going to be watching on Rumble Live, uh, you can post your comments in the chat. I'm going to keep try to keep that window open along with the streaming software so I can hopefully see everybody for, for whatever reason. It doesn't transfer over into the... Um, into the encoder, but I will, I'll figure that over time, but I got a a ton of things I got to deal with uh, before that. So, uh, I was, I'm I'm working on some rebranding for the purpose of messaging and, uh, enlightening everybody as to what's gone on politically in Canada, what's leading to all the problems, what led to the demise of the freedom convoy. For those of you who haven't checked out Diverge Media, divergemedia.com, or you can find Greg on Twitter and Facebook, uh, check it out. There's also a great group on Facebook held, led by Danny called Freedom Accountability, uh, which is quite interesting. <laughs> it's quite interesting the number of people who are uh, waking up to the shenanigans that went on in uh, Ottawa and has gone on since then. Uh, I'll talk about that in a second. But the rebrand I'm working on it is a result of some people who I met or friends I have in Florida who I got together with who are all politically... How should we say? Uh, they're political enthusiasts, and they are um, semi-regularly at Mar-a-Lago and at events, uh, at Republican events, or a certain part of the Republican Party at their events. Strong supporters of the Freedom Convoy. Um, and, you know, it's funny how Trump had, had mentioned his endorsement for the Freedom Convoy at a rally right in the middle of the Freedom Convoy. And it's funny how nobody in Canada who was around it other than myself uh, seemed to acknowledge that and talk about that. But we'll talk about that in a second. I I think that's part of this whole rebrand. So I had talked a little bit about this idea of Big Con Canada Inc., which is, uh, you know, you can also parallel or adjacent to that is the political convoy the political operatives that were at the Freedom Convoy that eventually led to its demise. And I thought after 
talking to some people in the U.S. and knowing what's going on down there and in the U.K. For those of you who don't know, I was in the United Kingdom on uh, trigonometry and on lotus eaters. And many of the same uh, political games and shenanigans are going on behind the scenes in the United Kingdom as Canada and the U.S. to a lesser, de- well, a larger degree, but it's a little bit uh, different in how it's distributed. So in sort of big con Canada Inc., uh, I think maybe what we're going to rebrand this to is just Con Inc., right? Like this is just Con Inc., the group of Con Inc. that tends to throw a lot of money at political proxy organizations, uh, tries to control messaging and lobbyists around the conservative movements in many jurisdictions beyond just Canada. Um, it's no, it's not. It's not a small uh, group of. Um, uh, non-Christian people from the non-Muslim non-Christian people from the Middle East. No, that's that's not how this works. So funny when everybody does that. Uh, that's a good way to determine if somebody's a Fed. By the way, if somebody gets involved in a movement and starts parroting uh, conspiracy theories from uh, 1930s Germany and doesn't understand who the bad guys were in World War II, that's a Fed. That, that's a. We'll talk about that in another. I have that. Uh, as a topic to talk about in a future episode. But anyways, this rebranding, I think we can start to look at this as Con Inc., that Con Inc. was involved in the subversion of the Freedom Convoy, and they had their people on the ground who might we might describe as political convoy. And more of that is going to come to light. So 2014 is going to be an amazing year. <laughs> it's going to be an amazing year for truth where people uh, learn about some of the fascinating things that are going on. But what is Con Inc.? What's their primary goals? Well, I mean, there's, there's many individual goals, but in terms of on-the-ground tactics and activism, one is always control the messaging, no matter what. And if you've been a candidate, you've been involved in politics, you know they're always obsessed with controlling the messages. And the other thing they do, especially in the case of things like Con Inc., the proxy organizations on the ground, is kind of we do all the work and they take all the credit and then sabotage everybody and then fundraise around it to capture all the money. And um, and that's really parallel to what you've seen, what's gone on with the Freedom Convoy. And, you know, they pump everybody for donations and they pump people for donations for two reasons. You notice there's still a push for donations for freedom groups. Donate to this, donate to that. You notice much like the Soros organizations, They always have the same branding. They have the same signs as they have on their shirts and whatever. Like everything is cohesive, almost like a corporation is uh, is behind it. And they do that for two reasons. To pump you for as many donations as possible, but two, to exhaust donations from people who would donate to similar causes. So people like, I don't know, Chabavizi or uh, other truckers on the ground in, in Windsor that I'm aware of. And other people that actually need donations who would maybe speak out about some of the political games that have gone on behind the scenes, it prevents them from also getting donations. So they're targeting you for two reasons. So because somebody asked me yesterday, why do all these freedom groups keep trying to, uh, you know, try to uh, elicit donations? What for? Like, what are they doing? It's like, well, because not only do they want to capture donations for themselves, but they want to make sure that people you know that actually need donations in this whole sphere won't uh, won't achieve them. So that's uh, that's why they do. So, anyways, 
Uh, that's Con Inc. I think is what we're going to describe to Con Inc. And then maybe like a small uh, committee because they all love committees. They want committees for every decision. Uh, the smaller one would maybe be Political Convoy. That's the the group attached to Con Inc. that subverted the uh, the Freedom Convoy. Now the good news is I'll get into more of this uh, in detail on another stream, but all the Con Inc. Freedom Convoy bo books are out. All three of them. They're, they've all been released, and uh, they're hysterical because if you've noticed, compared to one book, this one, this book, you know, we talk about Trudeau, and I talk about, you know, Trudeau and the mandates and all that sort of stuff. Okay, fine. But the rest of it is all your stories. You know, it's all the st stories about Bitcoin, live in the shed, like what everything was, everybody was going through, how we unified some of the problems we were dealing with. But this doesn't fo focus on party politics, right? Because party politics is complete nonsense. But the other books, you'll notice, they're all about party politics. It's all about excusing the conservative party, for example, who was not on our side during the convoy, as much as they want to have it both ways, which is another... Uh, Another, another tell that you're dealing with political people, but it's all about being apologists for uh, the conservatives. They say nothing about Doug Ford seeking an injunction to freeze our money in give, send, go. Uh, they say nothing about Doug Ford working with Justin Trudeau and that it was Doug Ford's police forces that came in and eventually uh, arrest, mass arrested and beat the protesters. Those three convoy books don't. And they also talk about, they describe this thing as a deal. Uh, I call it selling out the truckers, which means going, up, going behind our backs and trying to, you know, uh, coalesce all the trucks into one particular area to make it easier for the police uh, to come in and mass arrest uh, the protesters, right? As long, when the mood and behavior switched, which, you know, I we had a mood and behavior, all of us on the ground, peace, love, unity, and freedom, and you saw some political activists come in and start to paint a completely different uh, set of mood and behavior, you know, that uh, the, the government is destroying us, your freedom is at risk, come to protest, or you'll have nothing left, which is the opposite of peace, love, unity, and freedom, and that's why I lost my temper on one of them because, you know, that, that month or so I've been building up all this kind of goodwill amongst uh, the law enforcement and the mood and behavior we needed. Uh, they just, that, that completely sabotaged. And I know that because I was talking to uh, police officers through text who were supportive of us in other jurisdictions and uh, kind of, you know, explained that to me. You know, we're talking, this was there's a lot more behind the scenes that was going on. We'll talk more about that. Anyways, so why do I bring this up? Because one of the th the third of the Con Inc., uh, a.k.a. Political Convoy books uh, came out, and it's by a guy named Hurt Locker Tom. And he had, it's very fascinating because everybody's been – I'm not reading. I haven't bought, bought that. But people are sending me pages sending me excerpts saying, oh, my God, look at this. Everything you said was right. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm getting a lot of messages like that. And it's really – it's fascinating. Like, I knew he was an airhead when we were in Ottawa. Uh, shit for brains would be an improvement. But, you know, when you write a book and you out yourself <laughs> as the person who sold out the truckers and condensed them into one area, which made it easier to, to uh, for the police to arrest you, 
for, for the police to arrest us, that is a special kind of stupidity and incompetence. <laughs> so now you can understand the kind of nonsense I was around, the kind of stupid ideas that were thrown out constantly. Like it was a double face palm quite frequently in Ottawa. So anyways, that uh, new book is fascinating. I love to see people out themselves and shoot themselves in the foot and identify themselves as the villain who sabotaged the convoy. And, you know, make... I hate this. I hate the expression. Let me find another expression. Um, be aware of the fact that these people were working for other people. You know who they were working for? Jesse, do you know who they were, they were working for? They are working for Con Inc. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> I mean, not all of them, but the small group that, um, that really sabotaged us and sacrificed us. Um, Jesse, the continued, the stupidity continues still. Yes, it does. <laughs> it's it's gonna, it's gonna go on for a little while. But the good news is, everybody, I predict in about a year, maybe eighteen months, uh, everyone will understand exactly what happened and how we were subverted, and how they sold us out, and then they collected the money around us. Like some of those people should just be a fucking jail. To be entirely honest, part of my my bad my bad words. I know that upsets people, but anyways. Uh, the last story in the book brought us to te- brought tears to my eyes. Lisa, you're the best. the the, the last cha- the last story in this book. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. It was. Um, anyways, I'm glad you enjoyed it. And by the way, Lisa here is the first p- person on the planet to have completed this book, aside from uh, myself, obviously, and John, obviously. And the first person actually got a copy of the manuscript was Jordan Peterson, who did the endorsement for it. And uh, so Jordan knows the complete story of how everything started, who started it, because, you know, I, I outlined very clearly uh, how Bridget came with the idea of the uh, of the convoy and how everything got started. A Rocky for PM. <laughs> Rocky is awesome. Is Rocky in a good mood today? Rocky, are you watching me today? Rocky's the bird, everybody. Uh, Beth says, the last story really was heartwhelming. Well, thank you. And the man in the wheelchair store, wheelchair story brought tears to my eyes. Yeah, and you know, it's it's really interesting that that, um, you know, I, I did feel a, a certain sense of guilt just because, you know, when I was a little kid, when I was in kindergarten, uh, kindergarten, grade one, that sort of area, I had a friend who had spina bifida. And so she had crutches. And, you know, I had how to say this. Kids, kids can be cruel. And people didn't talk to her as much as the other kids. And I always felt, I don't know, not, I don't feel bad. But, like, you know, you don't, people are people, right? You can't control what happens to you. So I used to invite her. I was very nice and friendly to her. Invited her to um, my birthday parties and, you know, her family or parents invited me and other friends to birthday parties, kind of did what I could. Uh, you know, I don't know, just a kid, you instinctively know to try to be good to people, at least I hope we do. And so th- that and then one of my closest, dearest friends right now, uh, who has been for, I don't know, 20 years now, 25 years, uh, he's got cerebral palsy. He's one of my friends who I went to see in Miami, who I go to see frequently. Never uses as a victim ever, as victimization ever. He, um, as he told, taught me when I first met him, I always remember he said, you know, most people are handicapped up here. He says, I just have my legs. And uh, so I'm the lucky one. Uh, so, yeah, and that's why when I saw that story in the book, The Man with the Wheelchair, 
that I don't know. I don't know if that affected me more than other people, but it just felt such a sense of um, of guilt because I, I see the struggles, you know, that my friend goes through on a, on a daily basis. Even though he never complains about it, and you know all that sort of stuff, it just kind of. Anyways, but I'm glad you loved it, Beth. Thank you very much. So, uh, back to the um, the fool who outs himself in his own book. <laughs> like so good, it's so perfect. Because, you know, everybody's sending me these chapters uh, or pages or whatever and saying, oh, my God, everything you said is exactly true. Like all your your POEC testimony, everything you've been saying in your interview since then, like you're 100 percent accurate. And I'm like, listen, there's too many things. To, firstly, I'm not a big on fiction, but there's too many things going on. Like this is why Creep, Creep Wilson gets trapped up all the time, as well as this guy has got. You know, three different origin stories why he came to the Freedom Convoy. It's because when you lie, uh, it's difficult to keep track of everything. And when you change your story every five minutes, what are you going to do? You're going to get trapped. You're going to get caught in your lies, which is what's happening to all of them. So another year of this is going to be absolutely, uh, absolutely fascinating. And that brings me to Brokenomics. So when I went to England, I was uh, asked to go on this podcast, Brokenomics, Dan Taub, who's really well known in the venture capital industry in England, great guy, macroeconomics guy, investor, and Bitcoiner as well. So that's kind of how we converged because he knew some people that I knew in that space. And he asked me to go on his show, Brokenomics, which is a, um, uh, a macro, I guess a macroeconomics or a finance, uh, if you want to call podcasts on the Lotus Eaters uh, platform, so lotuseaters.com for all of their stuff. And he asked me to come on, and he was going to do it via satellite. And I said, well, hey, why don't I just hop on a plane and go to England? That would be a riot. So went to England and was hosted on not only Brokenomics, but I also guest co-hosted on an episode of The Lotus Eaters, which is that episode I've posted a couple of times. WTF is, is wrong with Canada, where I outlined tw- only 21. I could have done 1,000, but 21 indicators of what's wrong with Canada. I tried to get a whole array of different different things and uh, was great. Made one little misstep in my <laughs> so much is going on. You know, you mean to say Deputy Prime Minister and um, Attorney General comes out of your mouth because you just addressed the Attorney General before that, which is Jody Wilson-Raybould. By the way, a little top, a little uh, just to revisit one of the issues I brought up. Uh, when the Conservatives celebrate... Um, Jody Wilson-Raybould, I want you to do me a favor. Punch them in the face. Just punch them as hard as they can. Because Jody Wilson-Raybould, that piece of trash, ended the 300-year tradition in British common law of preliminary hearings in sexual assault cases, meaning people who are victims of Me, me Too or false accusations. They no longer have the right to a preliminary hearing like you would in a, a murder case. Why do they do that? Why did Jody Wilson-Raybould and Blackface do that? To artificially inflate the number of, of convictions resulting from Me Too, a.k.a. throwing innocent people in jail. She should be in fucking jail for what she did. Just disgusting. Sorry. <laughs> I'm a fired out of a cannon today. But really, that's how serious it is. This is very, very serious. So when a conservative celebrates her, smack him in the face. Stupid. You know, more evidence of the Uniparty, right? Anyways. 
Um, okay, so back to uh, Brokenomics. Went to England, co-hosted, I guess co-hosted Lotus Eaters, went on Brokenomics. And Brokenomics was interesting because I think that was the most cohesive uh, interview I've done start to finish. Not only – we did kind of part one and part two. The first part was about uh, everything around the Freedom Convoy, how it started, what was going on, all that sort of stuff, how you know Canada had turned into this dystopian nightmare. But part two is everything since. <laughs> that was quite interesting. And needless to say, Dan was not impressed with the video of uh, Danny Balford, a, a TBOF board member, and, uh, and Tamara Leach going up to the police and asking to be arrested. And everybody, and no, everybody wants to ignore this video. It's hysterical. Bridget Belton was the one who posted it. And, you know, she told me about this on February 18th when she and the other uh, road captains uh, came into my hotel room. And she told me about this video. And, I, you know, I apologized and I'll apologize again to Bridget. I just dismissed it and said, there's no way that's possible. I know you're angry. I know you don't like her for whatever reason. But there's no way, there's no possible way that any activist would go up to a police officer and ask if there's a warrant for their arrest during Canada's equivalent of martial law, during the MA. Like, nobody, no sane person would do that. But there's the video. And Dan, let's just say, and our friends in the United Kingdom who are not poisoned by uh, narrative poisoning from Con Inc., we're not impressed. We're not impressed. And he brought that up in our interview. So um, I would suggest if you could check out lotuseaters.com, check out Brokenomics. I'm going to be putting something about it in the next Substack. I'm going to talk a little bit about that. I'm working on, on it today. And uh, if you can, they have a new feature on Lotus Eaters. You can, because they're a paid platform. And look, I see how hard, hard those guys are working. They've built their company on their own. Uh, they're not, you know, sitting on bags of gold and money. They're a small business that's trying to navigate the world of censorship and tell everybody the truth. And they focus not just on the United Kingdom, but they focus on the world. So uh, they're, I think it's 5p or five pounds a month to subscribe or $5 or five pounds, something like that. Or you can buy episodes individually and you can buy this episode now. It's a new feature that if you want to watch the two and a half hour long interview and you don't want to subscribe to the Lotus Eaters yet, you can just buy that particular uh, video interview and uh, watch it whenever you want and share it and all that sort of stuff. So I, uh, I encourage you to do that. We got to help as many people uh, on our side who are not part of Con Inc., or political convoy who just want to get to the truth. And my hat's off to Dan uh, for having me on and spending a few days with him and the other guys and um, and John and Josh and Stelios and the rest of them. And I actually did another one with them three days ago, four days ago. Whenever The, the day before I left uh, Miami, uh, we did – they patched me in and we did an episode of the symposium, their philosophy – uh, podcast, and we discussed uh, seduction, dating, and incels, and uh, that was a really fun conversation. I don't think Andrew Tate is going to be happy with me, but 
what are you going to do? <laughs> Anyways, all right. Uh, wow, so many uh, comments here. Avril, good. it's good to see you too, Avril. I hope you're well. Uh, my aunt is mentally handicapped, and we have always been close, so I was always friends with those with disabilities. I caused a lot of fights in school for me, but I regret nothing. Exactly. Well done. And uh, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, there are – you know, my, my particular friend, he is – I don't know. It's got to be one of the smartest people I've ever met. He's a total pain in the ass. We're, we're always make, making fun of each other, you know, like guys do, right? Like, uh, you know, like we're, we're like brothers and I wouldn't – there's nothing I wouldn't do for him. You know, in fact, I remember he was living in a very really nice place after he was divorced in Florida and he had some people that – how should we say? This happens a lot in Floridan culture. He had a couple of people that kind of latched onto him and they were just squatting in his place. Think of like Magnum PI but without but but a degenerate, right? Like Magnum was cool. These people were just degenerates and just wouldn't leave. And he called me one day and he's like, "Hey man, anytime are you coming down to Florida anytime soon?" And I'm like, "I don't know, maybe in the next month or a couple months." Like I haven't really thought about it. He's like, "If you do, I'm having some problems. I have some people who, you know, they were nice to me." I offered up my place to stay for a couple of weeks and now they won't leave. And uh, I said, all right, I'll, I'll get a ticket now. I'll be down there in the next uh, – as soon as possible. He's like, no, no, no. You don't have to come down just for me. I'm like, shut up. I'll come down and I'll take care of it. And I got online. I went to, uh, I don't know, Expedia or whatever. Got a ticket for the next day. Flew down. <laughs> arrived in his place. Um, you know, went to concierge. Yeah, my name was – it came up. And I saw these two girls uh, just hanging out on the couch. And by the way, these weren't girls he was dating at all. They're just girl, you know, again, Miami culture. And I said, I don't know who the fuck you are. You have 10 minutes to grab all your shit or I'm throwing it off the balcony. You get the fuck out now. And they looked at me like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm like, I, I didn't ask you to talk. Leave now. Go grab all your crap. And, uh, you know, because you, you do things for friends, right? And I don't know. I, I just don't like when people you care about take advantage are taken advantage like that. And uh, it was great. So Andrew Tate is not is well, wait. There's a heart here. Andrew Tate is something a happy person to start with is not a happy person to start with. Uh, well, he's fake. That's why he's he's a complete fraud. We'll talk about that another time. Okay. Um, well, mildly related to Imam Tate, <laughs> Hamas. Hamas is in the news. I, I just bring this up because it's trending on Twitter and there's so much confusion around people who don't have access to real media. So I figured I'd just kind of bring this up. Um, so Hamas has um, – is it was elected, I guess you might say, and in control of the Gaza Strip. And uh, very interesting. So Hamas, a terrorist group. And you know who is a big supporter of Hamas? You know who was? Our, uh, until recently – Minister of Transportation, Omar Fuckface Algebra, who locked us down during the COVID lockdowns. That was his file. And uh, ironic because he was denied entry into the United States because of terrorism concerns many years ago. Uh, because he was a supporter of Hamas. So Hamas is in the news again. And Hamas was apparently elected <laughs> in 2006. And uh, they are now 17 years into a four-year term. That is amazing. <laughs> like, 
the ma- the fact that you can hang on to power for 17 years and uh, with a mandate for four years, that is just a that is a special kind of banana republic uh, fuckery, if you will. Like wow. And um, anyways. The, the short version of all of this for everybody, this Hamas, PLO, uh, Islamic Liberation Fund, all these garbage affiliates, that's the original woke mob, by the way. It's all victimization narrative. It's all woke bullshit. That's where this comes from. They're masters of propaganda. And, um, you know, Hassan Albana, I think, is the one who, who founded the Muslim Brotherhood, which is uh, tied to all these groups. Uh, he, he famously said, one election, one time. One election, one time. Well, 17 years into a four-year term, that sounds like one election, one time for me. And this is just another example we're seeing on the global stage of kind of the Red-Green Alliance, how they'll play off one another. Uh, the Red being the Chinese CCP, uh, the Green being the Islamists on the other side. Uh, those of you know who I, produ- I produced the Quiggan Report for a few years, which discussed this sort of stuff, learned a lot about it, knew, knew quite a bit before that, but really learned a lot. And uh, that's how this, this whole system works. And that's why you see the propaganda around it. That's why it's all over, trending all over uh, Twitter, because all they do is propaganda, right? And um, a bed, uh, Ben, the bedroom bouncer. Well, not if she's cute enough. <laughs> <laughs> what are you? Um, uh, what's it called? Awesome BJ do go live every Saturday, Scott. I try to. I can't always, but I'm trying to make Scott as uh, Saturday the day that I go online, and then the rest of the week is just you know um, is additional opportunities to talk to everybody. Uh, the problem is because right now I have, uh, you know, all my platforms, Substack and all that sort of stuff, all the interviews that I'm doing. I have a startup as well that I'm involved in, which is keeps me pretty busy, uh, the little free time that I have. I have a bunch of uh, podcasts I got to edit and I'm trucking in between there and I'm trying to keep the trucking down to like – I, don't, I try to keep it down to, you know, 40 hours a week and then work the rest of the week, which gives me an 80 to 90 hour week. But because I've been away for so much, I got to keep the wheels turned and get caught up. So I'm going to be kind of living in the truck this month. So let's just say I try to make Saturday mornings the day. And if, uh, you know, if I'm available other days throughout the week, I will do, I'll, I'll do the live streams as well. It also depends on my dispatch. So if I get a dispatch that's pretty close like something that's only, I don't know, six hours away in the truck, then I can leave a little bit later in the day and then I can do a live stream. But uh, that's not always the case. But I think there's going to be a lot of changes coming in the near future and I may be able to do more live streams. So uh, Hamas is shit. Uh, All this PLO nonsense is all crap. Anybody on the general rules, anybody who's propping this stuff up tends to be aligned with an extremist group, Muslim Brotherhood, Hizbaturi or whatever. Because as they determined uh, many, many decades ago, they're going to use the fake uh, Israel-Palestinian issue as a wedge to divide Western society, which is what they do. Again, woke supremacist garbage. Okay, well, that's all I'm going to say about it. We can move on from there. Uh, just like all the uh, wait, uh, just like all the parties in Canada, Julie, you mean the Uniparty? <laughs> the Uniparty? You know what they hate? You know what they hate? When I tell people, and I explain this in Brokenomics, and also in the the Lotus Eaters co-hosting, uh, WTF is wrong with Canada. 
find it and search for it. It's it, it was a lot of fun. But I explained that you know they have the same problem in England. It's the same template that the deputy leader, rookie deputy leader of the Conservative Party, which is not supposed to happen. You don't have a rookie as deputy leader. That is like an unwritten rule. That's just like Justin Trudeau. When your polls are below 20%, you're supposed to quit. So they're both full of crap. But the the deputy leader of the Conservative Party, <laughs> a woke supremacist, I have a pet hate for her because she's off the cliff, off her rock left wing. And we had, you know, butted heads in the past previously. But a woke supremacist who was a lobbyist for the firm representing Walmart to enforce lockdowns, to keep Walmart open and close small businesses. Uh, and she, the firm she worked for was co-founded by Justin Trudeau's chief of staff. That's your conservatives. They don't like when I say that. I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> there's th that expression I love. Facts don't cease to exist because they're ignored. And, you know, I know many of you will be voting for the Conservative Party. I'm going to be talking about all the parties. They're all garbage anyways. Uh, but I was in a space yesterday and I explained, you know, there's conservatives who attack me. Oh, but because I don't engage in team play. But you know what? Somebody has to say it. I understand certain people are in team play or they might be involved and they don't want to say it themselves. But they know what I'm saying is right. So I don't mind being the big a-hole to say what everybody else knows is true while people on the inside try to kind of push the needle to make them be more conservative. Because they don't, you're going to get even more left-wing governments in power. That's how you end up with Doug Ford, who is more left-wing than Kathleen Wynne, but his rhetoric is right-wing, right? So if somebody doesn't point it out for people, then it's never going to change. And that's what I'm trying to do. And that also is to say that I'm sure in the next election you're going to get Pierre Polyev in and you're not going to have Trudeau anymore, we'll be on the, black, be, be on the blackface uh, years. Is that a cure for everything? No, no. Will it slow things down? Yes. But that's the opportunity for leverage now that you have a guy who claims to be a conservative in power to put pressure on him to ensure he abides by his mandate and the Conservative Party policy guide and a conservative mandate. But it's not going to happen if nobody speaks up about uh, crap on our side. You know, like I explained, I said in a previous stream, uh, Scott talks about this a lot too, and he's right. It's easy to detect uh, bullshit from your opposition, from the other side, but the valuable skill is being able to detect bullshit on your side and having the courage to speak up, because if not, it just gets worse. Uh, Scott says, thank you. I'm ordering your new book. Well, thank you, brother. I appreciate it, Scott. Um, and read it. Tell me what you think. And post a review online. Because I, I like to get people's feedback. I like to, to understand what you think uh, and your perspectives. And, you know, if it had an impact on you. Uh, Lisa, I love the fact that it brought you to tears. I got to admit, I've heard that a lot from people. That there's a couple of stories that did that. And um, I don't, that's, a, that's a reward in itself. I mean cost me a fortune to put this book together but uh it was important that somebody would do a book that wasn't all apologetics for the corrupt political class you know oh dean french was only there because you know he thought he'd help and blah blah, blah. like fucking lying bastards all of them 
They all screwed us. Con Inc. screwed us. And they write three books to try to make apologies for themselves and to defer responsibility to other people. And then they claim they're conservative. Bullshit artists. Anyways. Yeah, I'm far out of the can today. I uh, was a few weeks. I missed uh, was a few weeks without a live, and I missed it. Yeah, Jesse, I'm sorry. It's just I wanted to do one in England, but I couldn't really get a good um, a good internet connection. I played with the idea I was going to ask Lotus Eaters to maybe do it from their studio, but the studio was was always busy running around and doing tons of things, so I couldn't do that. Uh, but maybe I'll do that next time I uh, next time I go there. Uh, which little hint. But there are going to be lots of surprises in the future. Okay, I want to talk about the last thing. For those of you who are in the, in the United States, you might always be confused that why Thanksgiving is in November. Why do the Canadians keep talking about Thanksgiving in the middle of October? That, that makes no sense, right? Um, oops, people are sending me. I'm, I'm on streaming. People are sending me text messages. Oh, okay, it's not going to come through. Sorry. Um, so we, I do get this question a lot from American friends. I got them last year quite a bit. And so in Canada, we, because the difference in temperature from the southern U.S. or so they, let's say um, uh, Midwestern U.S. versus Canada, that you bring, we bring in the harvest a month earlier in Canada. So uh, because of that, we have our Thanksgiving a month earlier. And now in the case of where I am in Ontario, doesn't really it's very similar in climate to Pennsylvania, New York, all that sort of stuff. But it's more other parts of Canada West where the harvest comes in a little bit earlier. But last year, you know, I talked about uh, what and I want to revisit this thing because we do talk about the importance of positivity in the face of chaos, in the face of subverters, in the face of people who sabotage and face of the people who uh, defame and uh, run whisper campaigns against people, all that sort of stuff. And I think Thanksgiving's, it's so important because that's, if you want to look at it as a religious holiday or a holiday that stemmed from um, organized religion, that was organized religion's attempt, at least how I read it, to get people into a state of gratitude, to get people to appreciate what they have and to appreciate that no matter how difficult life becomes, we're all very fortunate in our way. You know, I talked about my friend earlier who uh, has cerebral palsy. His entire life's never been able to walk. And he's basically come to the conclusion I'll never be able to walk normally. That's just, you know, the, those, I, those are the cards that I got and that's it, right? But it's what allows, I think, all of us as societies where the, the utility of religion uh, can be very important, very valuable to people is no matter the adversity, whether it's people like my friend or other people who go through difficult times, or you might be going through a difficult time right now, um, that or Christine, who lost her son uh, just over a year ago to fentanyl, uh, who's a, a supporter of the Freedom Convoy and all that sort of stuff. No matter how difficult life gets, it's very easy to go down the rabbit hole of victimization and everything is negative and the world owes me and life is horrible. That's what Hamas and these Islamist organizations do to their population, right? They poison them with this uh, this virus, this brain virus 
that they're eternal victims. So they're never going to have a life. They're never going to contribute. They're never going to build anything. They're never going to aspire to do things. All they do is to aspire is to kill people or destroy people or destroy lives. You know, when they took the Gaza Strip in 2005, people may not know this because you never get this from the CBC, but um, and forget the political stuff. This is just a, an example to show you. When uh, Israel gave up the Gaza Strip, which was very much, very much a heated, contentious debate in Israel because their argument was all we do, do is give up land and what do they do? They use that land to kill us. That's the perspective of most Israelis. So anyways, another deal was brokered to give up more land in 2005 and this was the Gaza Strip. This was kind of the agricultural center. This is where all the greenhouses were. This is where the farms were. And the idea was give them this, this area and at least they'll be able to, to feed themselves and they have the base layer to build an economy so they won't start firing rockets into Israel all the time. And what did they do? The minute that Israel pulled out, they burned all the, the greenhouses. They burned all the agriculture. And then the next thing you know, Iran is shipping in Karshutim to fire missiles in Israel. Because that's what happens when you're poisoned with a victim narrative of the world. You're never going to have anything. All you're going to be, do is be a failure and a drain on society. And, you know, when the more extreme uh, examples, you'll, you'll just end up trying to kill people. That will become kind of your mandate. And this is why Thanksgiving is the opposite, is so important. You know, I've talked before about the five-minute journal, that uh, exercise that I don't really do it so much anymore, but once in a while I do. But I've helped a lot of friends kind of get it on their radar. Where you start your morning and you ask yourself a couple of questions. One is name three things you're grateful for. And the reason you do that is it's not that it's supposed to take five minutes. It can take 20 minutes if you're in a really negative emotional state. It can take 30 seconds if you're in a good positive state. But the idea is to get you out of a state of negativity and victimization and bring yourself into a state of gratitude because you cannot be in a state of gratitude and anxiety at the same time. That's why my messaging around the Freedom Convoy was peace, love, unity, and freedom. Because I knew if I could get people out of a state of anxiety where Trudeau is destroying the country and get them into a state of celebrating freedom and coming together, taking our masks off and loving each other, then we won't be, we won't be in within this victim framework which would be the mood and behavior that the law enforcement would be looking for to crack down on us. That's why it worked. So anyways, the first question you ask yourself is the three things that you're most grateful for. Get yourself thinking in a state of gratitude. And then the next question is what are three things you're going to do to make today amazing? And there's some days it's pretty easy. Just like, oh, you're going to do boom, boom, boom. And other days you're just kind of like, you're trying to get out of that negative state, but it's, it's to, to aspire to give you something to look forward to, right? Because if you get yourself into a positive state and you have something to look forward to, then you're going to resist all this stuff. And that is Thanksgiving, I think, is the origin of all of that stuff. That's why it's important during Thanksgiving 
And by the way, I'm not going to see my family this Thanksgiving. Unfortunately, I got to go get in the truck. But um, I'll see them next week and we'll catch up. But that, that's the importance of when you bring your family together around Thanksgiving. The idea is you're in a state of gratitude. You're supposed to focus on the things that you're thankful for. This is why you say grace is to be thankful to God and or whatever you believe in for giving you the opportunities and the benefits that you have. It can always be worse. But if you forget that and focus on all that we have, then that's what's going to make the world a better place. And that is, for me, why the utility of of religion is very important for some people. And there's some people who don't need religion. They naturally have that. Uh, Sam Harris is not one of them because Sam Harris has replaced uh, one religion for another religion, and which is very common with uh, a lot of people. But whatever. People have their own choices. They make their own choices But in terms of what they're going to believe in. But I think if we focus on positivity, gratitude this weekend, how good things are, how much better they are from during the COVID years, then you're not going to be – you're not going to fall victim – to oh things are horrible you're not going to fall victims to the victim to the noise in the media that's telling you everything is horrible and that everything is collapsing and society is not collapsing it's definitely a bumpy road right now there's no question it's not collapsing it's not going to collapse even if we have a massive economic downturn we will recover from it uh, klaus schwab will die uh, and the younger generation will take over the WEF. And uh, like many uh, – when many things are built and then the next generation takes it over, what do they do? They flush it down the toilet and exploit it for as much money as possible. That's what will happen to the WEF. That will happen with the Soros family as well. And uh, all of these threats will be replaced with another set of threats. That's just how life is. There's always, and I'm going to explain this, um, there's, there's a, a religious and biblical uh, perspective on this in the origins of religion. I'm going to talk about this in the next uh, ancient history uh, biblical stream that I've I done one at night and I'm trying to find time to do the next one. I have it all kind of laid out. Uh, but there's a reason for that. And when you see the, you know, the garbage in the world on the other side and con ink and whatever. Like, that's a test. That's all that is. That don't lose your resolve. Don't, don't lose your positivity and don't lose your framing. And uh, you can get over it. And you, you learn every time you experience something that you learn a lot. Like with that whole Freedom Convoy thing, that was not my first rodeo involved in something politically behind the scenes trying just to make things a little bit better. You know, I got involved in politics. I thought, hey, maybe I can help make the world a little better. <laughs> what a mistake that was. But uh, that was the second time. So the first time I learned a lot, and that's why during the Freedom Convoy, I could see uh, there were uh, little groups that were trying to co-opt it and take it over and possibly end it. I just, it's in the middle of the fog of war. You're dealing with a thousand different things and trying to piece who is connected to who because it would just be different people coming in, giving themselves a different name for a different organization uh, who had a whole bunch of set of really stupid ideas. And that would just you know, undermine the Freedom Convoy and our success. But uh, it turns out they're all connected to the same group. <laughs> okay, well, now it all makes sense. And like anything else, 
follow the money. But I don't let that drag me into a state of negativity. What I do is I, I talk about it to inform all of you so we can prevent this from happening ever again. And that's part of the reason Diverge Media has done this deep dive for 10 months into all the circumstances around the Freedom Convoy, how it was sabotaged, the articles he's written, the stuff that he's about to come out with. He's got a ton of stuff he's been working on. Uh, just because he wants to prevent this, uh, this template from being used again in the future. And the way to do that is to help all of you understand how this all works, this structure of uh, Big Con uh, or Con Inc. works uh, to brainwash all of you. Uh, and it, it fails in many times, but sometimes it works. But that is just to retain political control in one direction and to ensure you live into a, in a state where you work for them, not they work for you, which is the way it's supposed to be. So uh, I can give an example of drain on society. It's called taxes. Julie, you're, you're, you know, you're preaching to the choir, right? The Bitcoiners would love you. <laughs> that's how all the Bitcoiners, that's the perspective of all the Bitcoiners as well. And uh, anyways, but back to the whole framing of Thanksgiving and positivity. I hope you make an effort to try to not only engage with your family during, uh, during Thanksgiving, but all the, the political nonsense or differences you might have or whatever. This Thanksgiving, forget all of that. Just focus on your similarities and not your differences. Focus on gratitude if you're with your family. Focus on appreciating the time that you have with them. It'll really change the experience of what Thanksgiving is. I've been trying to do that with my family every time I see that, every, every day. Um, so that's why for me, Thanksgiving is really kind of no, no difference. You know, I appreciate the time with them. Uh, friends and family, right? But if we all do that, then we're not going to be as subject, uh, we're not going to be as suggestible through the propaganda wars and the negative chaos that they all try to poison us with and try to divide us with. You know, the people who tried to divide us, you always, you have to be aware of who they are and keep them as far away from you as possible. And that will allow the rest of us to unify, right? But anyways, uh, Beth says, another ancient history biblical stream sounds fascinating. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I just got to find... A weekend I can do it, and I got a couple of interviews lined up for the next couple of weeks too, and I'm leaving for El Salvador at, uh, well, now three weeks from now because I'm going to be speaking in El Salvador. So I'm going to try to squeeze it in before El Salvador if I can, and uh, I got some other ideas of stuff that I've been working on, but it is what it is. I will be here. Uh, you're a busy man. I can't wait until you find a moment for it. Uh, yeah, I like to keep busy, right? But unfortunately, you know, I, I wouldn't have talked about any of this stuff around the Freedom Convoy uh, if they didn't sabotage us and cause all those people to get arrested and then bank money and exploit all of you for donations and then keep it for themselves and do the same thing again. That's when I'm like, okay, fuck this. I'm not letting this go on, right? I'm not going to allow all of you to be taken advantage of. It's got to be stopped. Alyssa, happy Thanksgiving. And don't forget gratitude and appreciate your family and your loved ones around you. And ignore politics at Thanksgiving this week, this year, if you can. There's really no need. I mean, everybody knows blackface is a, is, is a moron. 
Um, all of them, as I put in that stream, you know, I did that quick little video from the truck stop the other night. I posted it online to remind everybody that when the conservative party is trying to throw the liberal party under the bus or vice versa, uh, remember something when they had that Waffen SS Nazi in parliament, which is a global embarrassment, they all clapped, all of them. They all clapped like idiot barking seals because that's what they are. Right. So if you're looking that for that to be your heroes to save you in the future, boy, you're looking in the wrong place. But there's a bunch of people outside of that who are trying to do their best to push them into the direction of being more moral. I think that's what will uh, will fix things over the long term and it'll take a generation to do so. So. I have um, lots of reasons to be streaming over the long term because of that. And uh, I will do my best. There's a lot of other people who do their best as well. Uh, for those of you who, have, who don't follow Daniel Boardman at Ranting for Canada on Twitter, uh, he's been killing it in India and Wyatt has participated as well. They've all been all over uh, Indian legacy media talking about the Kalistani terrorist issue. That was the week of the Nazi gate, but a few days before. So first they had Kalistani terrorists, and then they had uh, Waffenets as Nazis. <laughs> Clown world. But um, yeah, Daniel and uh, Wyatt have been doing great with their newspaper, the National Telegraph. They've been knocking it out of the park. And give them a follow, reach out to them, join them in Twitter spaces. and Because we've got to help the other voices that are on our side. That includes Dan, uh, from uh, Lotus Eaters, who hosted me on Brokenomics. Check that out. Uh, as well as Constantine and Francis, who hosted me on Trigonometry. I think the last we checked the episode is up to like 260,000 views, which is really good for them. I think it's um, quite good. And then they went on Joe Rogan, and Constantine mentioned me uh, with Joe. So I really appreciate, uh, Constantine, you doing that. I sent him a message, and uh, he was very gracious as well. So... Alyssa says, follow Daniel and Wyatt of TNT. They are so good to see young people so involved. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, and check out lotuseaters.com, which is run by Carl and the rest of them, Carl and Josh and Bo and Callum and who am I missing and Connor. And you know what's really good about them? They're, they're a whole range of different worldviews, but they're all pro-free speech. They have a lot of common things. They focus on the things that they have in, in common. So Connor is, you know, Vatican I uh, social conservative, right? Old school social conservative. I mentioned this in the last stream. And then Stelios is like classical liberal, uh, a former phil philosophy professor. I really like him too. And so it was really fascinating to go out for coffee with the two of them down the street from their office and just talk about philosophy and worldviews and, you know, there's certain things like Stelio says, listen, there's certain things we're never going to agree on. Okay, so we know we're not going to agree on that. Let's focus on the things we do agree on. And um, it was really a pleasure uh, to see all of them and spend time. I look forward to seeing them again. Uh, do they still have TDS? Who has TDS? Um, uh, who, who has T Ken, I'm not sure who has TDS. So you're talking about uh, Daniel and Wyatt don't have TDS. They're, all, they're pretty, I think they're pretty pro-Trump. Uh, same for the guys at Lotus Eaters. You know, most people were pro-Trump. Uh, the differences are people that just wanted to avoid the harassment of saying it. And, uh, but now people, now they see all the indictments and stuff. 
Uh, I posted something on True Social yesterday, which were the pictures I was taking driving through New York and Pennsylvania showing the um, uh, what's it called showing all the signs that were pro-Trump and uh, my suggestion was it's starting to look a lot like 2016 again uh, so because that's exactly what's happening in 16 uh, Ken it says the trigonometry boys you know what that I don't know we didn't get into that too much um, I think they're they're definitely on the you know what that would be a good conversation to have with them because they there there's a chance I might go back on with them sometime soon and well sometime soon in 2024 uh, if I do you know what I'll bring that up maybe we can make that a topic of conversation that would be very interesting so uh, good good idea Ken uh, let me see what I can do but yeah I don't know I don't know but yeah they were very much against Trump I'm sure but I think most people are starting to realize that uh, it's it's just theater now at this point that it is the uniparty that is controlling everything run by a few people who well, – a few people. Groups of people with access to billions of dollars to manipulate all of us. Many of them have competing interests. That's why it's not like one group working together. But uh, I'm going to do my best to expose it all for you because I know a lot of what goes on behind the scenes. And uh, I'll continue doing it here. And also – the, there is the Discord. There is a Honking for Freedom Discord right now. I've asked Tao, suggested we need to start opening it up, and maybe we'll do that in the near future. Substack is going to be up in, I hope, tomorrow. Tomorrow night is when I'm trying to have it up. Uh, there's another episode of Not on Record coming tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. The last one we talked about veterans who are subjected to Me Too in family court. It was quite fascinating. Pre- predominantly in the United States was the example because they had a – uh, an, a veteran from the U.S. military who joined. But that's coming. There's a lot of things coming. So um, I think that's what we can end it off with. If there's anything else. And Beth says, uh, thank you. Have a good Thanksgiving. To ignore politics, I think I'll dig in my garden. <laughs> I have some flowers to pull out and some bulbs to dig up. I can replant next year. Happy Thanksgiving. All right, so all of you have an amazing Thanksgiving and focus on positivity despite all the noise. Uh, we can celebrate the morons who out themselves in their own books. I think it's great. We'll talk more about this over the next year. And thank you all for your support. I posted a message uh, earlier this morning. I maybe, not, maybe I don't thank all of you enough, but I get so many comments and I read all the comments uh, on YouTube and uh, on all the social platforms. I can't always respond. Just because there's so much that comes in. I have so many emails I have to respond to going back weeks now of people, you know, sending in comments. So I will do my best to respond to all of you, but I really do appreciate you. I really appreciate all of you who stuck by my side as well as people like Diverge Media who kind of gave me the opportunity to speak. And unlike Rebel News, who completely ignored all the factual evidence that was shown to them, uh, Diverge Media did some digging and came back. Uh, with the conclusion that, wow, everything you said was completely true. I said, I promised. I promised everybody from the beginning, nothing but truth, peace, love, and freedom, and some hope. Have a good weekend. Be good to your family, and we'll talk to you soon.